Have you ever scrambled with thoughts on how you were going to entertain your guest at your big event or big event that you were hosting? Why not treat your amazing guest with live music? Allow me to personally recommend to you a saxophonist that's guaranteed to bring his best every time he performs. Verl Tolbert is his name, his bilanguage, his enthusiasm, his smile will tell you his story. Verl played at my wedding and he was also a guest on this podcast, episode number four. A natural entertainer and talented musician, Verl T, the perfect choice for all events and special occasions, playing smooth jazz, R&B, neo-soul, blues, pop, and gospel music are his passion. Saxophonist Verl Tolbert is from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and has been playing saxophone for over 15 years. Verl T plays alto, soprano saxophone, electric wind instrument, also known as the Iwi, with a heavy dose of soul. Allow Verl T to help make your event something super special. For booking information, navigate to verlt.com. That's Verl spelled V-E-A-R-L, the letter T, dot com. When you're looking back and you're reflecting about life and you look back to when you're 17 years old and you remember stories that your parents told you that you actually lived through, how does that make you feel? Is it that burning desire to give back to society? In this episode, I had the opportunity to sit down with Luke Atkinson of Oklahoma Contemporary. Luke, in January of this year, 2019, super cold that morning. However, you made the time and the effort to meet me for coffee and conversation. One conversation led to another, one tweet led to another, and I appreciate the time and effort that you took to come down to Moore, Oklahoma to record your story on this podcast. What you do for the community is excellent. Keep up the positive work. I appreciate you. We believe in you, man. Thank you. This week on Defining Moments. This week on Defining Moments Podcast. Welcome back to Defining Moments Podcast. My name is Wong Lam, and today's special guest is Luke Atkinson. Luke, Welcome to the podcast, man. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We met actually about four months ago in January. I actually saw, I have sent, followed you on Twitter for some time and I really enjoyed your tweets. You're really involved in the community in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. And I really appreciate that about you. I know you have a degree in, let's see, mass communications, journalism. You're a graphic designer. You're working on your MPA. Yeah. Getting right? my master's public administration. Yeah. 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 I think I know where we're going with this. So I almost feel like you should be the one who's hosting this show instead of me, man. No, man, I'm uh, I'm not that smart. I just, I just, I, uh, I pretend to be smart. But yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I like school. School's fun. You know, yeah. living in an academic calendar, I'm the kind of person that needs like, like a sticky note to tell me what to do every day. Yeah. So I think when I wake up and I know that, oh, I have school today or, or I've got this assignment <laughs> due or whatever, like. It helps me out more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a dive into your personal life, and you're also the manager of communications at Oklahoma Contemporary, uh-huh. so we'll have you talk about that as well. But number one, how are you doing today? Man, I'm good. Yeah. Um, I'm like 
two weeks away from school being out for the summer. Nice. So, you know, it's like finals and, uh, and, uh, and research papers and stuff, which, um, like I'm 30 and yeah, it's not that old, but I feel like when I was younger, I kind of, I, I assumed that I'd be done with school by now. Yeah. And I decided to go back a couple of years ago. Um, but you know, thankfully this semester I'm like ahead of stuff mm -hmm. and it's not like too stressful. So yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah. Dude, there's a uh, no finish line. You'll always learn. So that's you know. a, a great way to look at it. Yeah. Like who knows, maybe when I'm 40, I'll go get like my PhD or something. My man, that'd be <laughs> awesome. You are engaged. Yeah. Meredith, how's she doing? She's good. She, uh, she's about to embark on a trip to South America. Oh wow. Which is, you know, super cool. Her job takes her to like, I mean, the ends of the earth and stuff. But, okay. Um, quick funny side story we so so she gets going on all sorts of trips and it's just part of her job to meet vendors and clients and stuff and 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 send them around the world yeah well sometimes i get to go on those trips nice and and that's a great perk you know super yeah. perk. but the first time we ever did that we wanted to go uh to um, this resort called imanta and it's this beautiful place on the western coast of uh of mexico just west of puerto vallarta okay there's this beautiful like jungle like like, like mountainous jungly beach ocean the whole thing which is like my ideal place that i've always wanted to go and we were there for a day and a half when we found out we were being evacuated for a hurricane oh man <laughs> so so we wow. didn't uh, part we didn't get to enjoy ourselves for like a day and yeah. then the rest of the trip was more just like stressing and evacuating mm -hmm. and uh yeah Maybe next time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For sure. There'll for be sure. a next time. Yeah, right. If yeah. not there, there'll be some other place. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Hopefully. Yeah. When's a big day, man? Uh, shooting for October 4th. October 4th. Uh, You're shooting yeah. for it? Or shooting it... for it. It's, okay. It's not that it's like up in the air, but mm -hmm. it's like we're still willing to have a little wiggle room just in case. Okay. Just in case. I got you. Plan is, and we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, we'd love to get married on like one of our civic grounds in Oklahoma City, like, Ooh. you know, by City Hall yeah. or the courthouse or something, the right Civic on. Center lawn or something like that. But who knows? We'll see. Yeah. It'll be fun. I'm interested. How did this proposal go down? Uh, let's see. So it was, it was after, it was during the holiday season. It was after Christmas. Um, the streetcar had been open for a little bit, I think. And so we, we kind of had this idea that we would go take a fun trip downtown, streetcar only, because mm -hmm. um, we lived in, in Midtown at the time. So we hopped on the streetcar. We went ice skating, uh, looked at Marriott Gardens, all this stuff. And I guess everybody, like, I don't know. I have a funny story, I guess, out of it. Yeah. We, <laughs> I got a piece all back, all back together. I, I had the ring in my pocket, and I was going to do this, like, totally cute, like, ask her on the ice while we're skating kind of thing. And we're in like maybe five, 10 minutes of skating and Meredith's like, my feet hurt. I'm good. <laughs> like uh -huh. I experienced this. I'm done. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm like, oh, okay, great. Well, I got this ring. <laughs> so we, uh, so we leave there and I'm like, oh, hey, you know, let's go to the Myriad Gardens because they had this like light show thing going on. Yeah. And she's like, okay, yeah, let's do this. So we go over there and we're walking through. It's real pretty. And there's like this area that I think I could get on one knee and, and ask her. And, you know, there's like these pretty lights going around. Just before I do that, like this kid kind of runs out screaming and apparently has cut their hand on oh, something inside man. the exhibit and there's like blood dripping by it. I'm like, oh, this is not <laughs> the best time or place. So we left and we went out. There's that area underneath the Myriad Gardens that you can kind of walk through and we're just kind of strolling through. And so, you know, kind of out of like, oh, I'm going to surprise her or whatever. I get down on one knee and I ask and 
at first I don't she doesn't like hear me mm-hmm. or see me and so she kind of keeps you know meandering along and so I, I have to really like get her attention like hey yeah <laughs> I'm over here and so she turns around and sees I propose all that stuff and as we're like starting to walk away a whole bunch of ducks have come up and they think like I'm getting down low to feed them bread or something yeah. so we got these ducks that are starting to come toward us and and you know I love critters but uh this one duck have you ever heard a duck like quack but it looks sounds like a laugh no. like it's like it's like what <laughs> kind of a kind of a quack um the ducks were doing that uh they were definitely laughing while we were walking away so wow um and then we got in the street car and went home so it was, yeah. uh, it was a whole experience yeah very thanks cool, to public man. transit and ducks and yeah that's awesome. Well, congratulations, man. <laughs> Thank you. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. And you bought a house recently. Yeah. Moved to uh, the Class and Ten Pin area, which mm-hmm. we were, um, we loved living in Midtown. That was great because mm-hmm. um, we felt so connected to downtown and could walk and could see just about everything uh, we wanted to see and be a part of and um, loved that vibe down there. But we moved out uh, and, and thankfully got us a, a really cool like historical house. Yeah. Um, our house will be 100 years old in... Like wow. 2021? I need Dang. to double check. I forget. It's somewhere. It's very soon, though. That's amazing. And uh, and yeah, so we're just trying to be the best stewards of that piece of history and preserve its its beauty. And yeah. uh, while at the same time, like, you know, I don't know, making it functional and mm-hmm. uh, getting the best out of like a living space. But yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. so great to live, I think, kind of more in that, that core of Oklahoma City and be a part of the neighborhood yeah. growth and kind of that identity and culture that are kind of mm-hmm. coming to mm-hmm. there. So yeah, loving it. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So I've done a little research on you and uh, I'm curious on the Gazette. How did you get into the Gazette 40 under 40 oh, yeah. a couple years ago? Uh, my boss wrote a really good recommendation letter, I guess. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, that's really, you know, I, um, I've got to get in that mode where I got to talk about myself, you know, like, it's, yeah. I don't know, sometimes I'm like, oh, this is, oh. Um, so, I've always found myself, I guess, to be like, uh, I really enjoy volunteering around mm-hmm. Oklahoma City. I really enjoy just kind of being in a lot of those, um, I, I guess, just really neat situation where I could I could feel like I'm, I'm giving back. Yeah. Uh, whether that's to like a, a person in need or even like animal welfare or right. uh, even just like cleaning up a street or something like that. I, yeah. I like to find ways that I can fit into the community and feel like I have a niche there. Um, so I had a pretty solid track record there of doing that. And then... Um, I really enjoyed my work at Oklahoma Contemporary and kind of made a footprint there. And so my boss uh, helped coordinate uh, this letter of recommendation. And we had some people, you know, kind of sign on and uh, kind of sponsor that movement, I guess. And then, uh, yeah, a few months later, I found out I won. And and it was it was really cool to me. Um, I know that you're not supposed to be a person that gets validated by awards or whatever. Um, You're supposed to like Mm -hmm. find your own happiness. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something I need to learn. But uh, yeah, it was it was nice to feel like like people have been aware of my work yep. and and willing to, you know, to to co-sign yeah. the you know what the the goals and the objectives the things that I've accomplished mm-hmm. you know to kind of recognize that value. Yeah, no, I, I think it's super important that people you get recognized for the value you bring to the job and more importantly to the community to the relationship with. Meredith, you know, it's it's very important. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes I do understand that it is hard to talk about yourself, but man, there's a lot of power in the value of what you do and what you bring. So once it gets recognized, I think it's admirable, man. I think it's cool. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> yeah, so Oklahoma Contemporary, tell our listeners 
a little bit about Oklahoma Te Contemporary and what do you do there? Yeah, so uh, Oklahoma Contemporary, uh, we are an arts and arts education nonprofit. We encourage creativity and expression in all forms, and we do that uh, in a few ways. Um, one is through free exhibitions. We want to present art and culture to Oklahomans for, at no cost mm -hmm. uh, because we, we don't want to see cost be a barrier for someone who wants to see or be inspired but 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 can't because of a you know an admission price so yeah. um glad that we offer that i think that's a huge thing we also do camps for kids uh around, revolving around school breaks yeah. and we get to expose them to um you know different art mediums or or styles histories uh get to let them create on their own too uh, but to, but to learn from like local artists who yeah. are practiced and, and good at what they do mm -hmm. to share that knowledge and then the third way we really help is with um uh, adult classes too. Yeah, uh, we want to offer uh, adults in the region the ability to um, come try a new hobby mm -hmm. or or improve some skills. Uh, you know, it, ideally, someone could start our our curriculum and then become like a you know a full time artist yeah. or, or some you know that'd yeah. be really cool. But uh, but that's kind of our our main mission is to uh, provide the arts where they may be lacking. Um, mm -hmm. We have a program called Art for Every Fifth Grader. And that's to help, that's cool. um, like Oklahoma City Public Schools or or any other kind of you know area school, uh, when they face budget cuts and they need to cut art programs, mm -hmm. we help step in and and kind of alleviate that burden, and we provide the kids with uh, like notebooks for them to create and express, but also they get to come to field trips mm -hmm. and they get to experience um, whatever is on display in the gallery, and yeah. they get to uh, go to one of our classroom studios and get involved with creating something along the lines like they'll uh they'll get an instructor to show um like right now we have um tatiana fazalizade who works in big like big wheat paste portraits and uh -huh. so an instructor might teach the kids how to kind of do their own wow. portrait and how to wheat paste it and stuff so yeah. i think it's kind of a great exposure um we've been at the fairgrounds for just ever like 30 years mm -hmm. plus and uh we're moving downtown yeah. um to northwest 11th of broadway in in january 2020 so coming up really soon, yeah. Uh, and we we are going to be a streetcar stop. So you nice. can you can ride the streetcar, get off, and come see us. We'll have a cafe. We'll have the exhibitions open. Um, so I think it's a great opportunity for anybody who wants to come downtown or yep. even isn't already downtown. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of a about us. And I just I'm the communications manager there. So my primary function is to do some of our day to day graphic design, but also help get the message out. Yeah. Uh, I also do a lot of kind of like volunteer management and get us. Uh, into the community to share our message and then also mm -hmm. share some some fun activities too. Yeah, how do you plug into the community to spread the word of the the art? Because I think it's so important for just any generation to go and express art or to see it and appreciate it. It's amazing stuff. Yeah, it's, you know, you gotta, I, th I think it just takes practice of being plugged in the community and mm -hmm. seeing what those needs are. Right. Um, you know, you can you can create a program uh, or, or have an idea and and for better or worse, like force it on the public, but it's not yeah. going to be very effective. You know, you really got to understand the need of what the people want, what the people need to see, and yeah. then offer them something new at the same time. And so um, I think it's just kind of a careful balance. We uh, we want to bring these new ideas. Uh, we want to push these new boundaries. And sometimes it's controversial, but um, it's worth exploring the different conversations that happen in Oklahoma, whether mm -hmm. we know it or not, you know, yeah. um, offering up sort of a, an inclusive idea so that, you know, like art galleries are, are typically considered like a white space. I mean, it was yeah. for, for art for so long has been for 
um, you know, you you think about white artists or, or things like that. It's it's, but there's definitely like so much happening beyond that. Yeah. And we want to give everyone, truly everyone, yeah. from whatever you know, uh, background or intersection that they they come from, the opportunity to to share and create. Right. And so, yeah, yeah, just trying to stay on top of that. I think for the community is yeah is, is how we do it. Yeah. Well, I think you guys are doing an amazing job. And I mean that in the true sense because I've done my research on Oklahoma Contemporary and I've seen the artists that have come in and you talked about the white space. Well, it's a very diverse um, crowd yeah. of artists now, you know. And mm -hmm. what's interesting is I had a local artist actually design and make my wedding socks for myself and then all my groomsmen. So yeah. it's actually pretty cool. <laughs> that is yeah. pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I mean, I think. I think it's been successful to open those doors mm -hmm. for everyone. Um, I know that we've seen our attendance has, has spiked. And, and yeah. since like 2015 or 16, we've seen like a 600% increase Wow! In, in people coming through our doors. And that took like, um, we had, uh, gosh, this was two years ago now. Jeffrey Gibson is a native artist, uh, has some beautiful work. You know, we featured him for a while. We had... Um, uh, the not for sale show with a lot of local graffiti artists, yeah. which is totally weird because graffiti is known for being out on the street uh -huh. and, and you know usually considered vandalism or illegal. But to yeah. put it inside of this gallery space, which is typically more of like an elite, very mm -hmm. you know you know mm -hmm. polished institution kind of feel, you know we yeah. kind of broke that barrier and, yep. and let them just paint directly on the wall That's and awesome, create man. this. It, it was so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and now to like Tatiana Fazali's day, who um, this exhibition is really a great look at kind of this it, it, it's so i was so surprised she's known for um kind of her her take on 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 black lives and mm -hmm. and how we see them in society and and how these people are marginalized and often you know considered invisible and so her exhibition um called oklahoma's black that we have on on view now mm -hmm. is a look at specifically people in Oklahoma City from, from Northeast Oklahoma City where she yeah. grew up. And it's so amazing when you go through that exhibition that you really do get the sense of like, this is my home and these are the people in my home. And you you do feel you're like, and I, I have abandoned these people or I, I have not been a good steward to these people. Yeah. And so, you know, having those conversations and having exhibitions that can, you know, initiate those conversations. Sometimes yeah. art needs to be that, yeah. that entryway into that. For sure. You know? It's kind of a common ground that everybody can get behind. So, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's been, it's been a great challenge, but also opportunity to, to break down those barriers and have that for the community and yeah, really enjoy that yeah. aspect of the work. That's exactly right. Cause what you're doing is you're opening up an avenue and giving people a chance and, and hope to express themselves in colors yeah in multiple colors and it you're right it breaks down silos and it has a conversation with it how do you see what you're painting it's i mean you know what i mean it's, yeah. it's just yeah. interesting no and it's and you know and one thing that i try to like keep in mind about all of it is obviously like i want my voice to be heard in oklahoma mm -hmm. city and in and in you know the work that i do but at the same time i have to realize that I, you know, I need to be conscious of giving that mic to someone else to speak. Like, I think I need to see myself more as, and I think, you know, this, uh, this has taught me this through the different exhibitions we've had, that I need to see myself more as a facilitator of the conversation, yeah. that I can bring people to the conversation yeah. and, and empower them to have that voice yeah. rather than speaking for them. You know, um, it's, uh, there, there's kind of a fine line there where you want to be a voice for those who don't have a voice, but, mm -hmm. but. What might be better is for you to empower those people to have a voice and have Love their it. own voice so you don't end up speaking over them. Yeah. You know? Man, that's awesome. 
clear and concise communication. Trying. <laughs> wow. Communications manager. Yeah. Working on it. Yeah, man. <laughs> so as you lived your life, you're only 30 years old, so you're really young. I'm a baby. Yeah. Tiny yes. baby. <laughs> Pretty much. And you are got these degrees and you're doing a fantastic job in the community. What moments in your life, defining moments, do you think that uh, have helped you to where you are now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I try to I try to take stock of, of the things that I do and, and like try to understand their impact on me. But I, I always come back to when I was a kid, I, I always get the date wrong, like the timeline wrong. Um, I remember I was in grade school, early grade school, probably like third or fourth grade. Um, at that point, my parents, we moved, we lived in Enid and we had moved to Norman mm -hmm. uh, and they went back to school. And uh, that was when I started to get, I guess, kind of formative years for a worldview-ish kind of kind of thing, I guess you could say. Um, my parents uh, worked really hard while taking care of my sister and I, um, who are, you know, little bitty kids, uh, juggling class, working, raising children. Um, it was, it was this kind of, yeah, constant spinning plates, basically, yeah. you know, trying to take care of, er care of everything. So we, at, at, when I was, Probably in fourth grade, we moved uh, out of the city of Norman to kind of this little country home. And I started uh, going to school at uh, the school called Robin Hill. Mm -hmm. And that I, I there I was exposed to a lot of friends, a lot of cool kids. Um, but there I started to learn more about uh, the difficulties that people face, yeah. um, especially when it comes to like economic situations. Um, that was when I started to become aware of my classmates who... You know, it started as a kid, it started with simple questions like, like, mom, why does this person wear the same clothes every day? You know, and then that's when I was of that age when I realized and my mom helped me guide, you know, guide myself here is that, you know, there's a pretty good chance that that's the only outfit they own. And yeah. the only meal that they're eating when they go to school is the one, you know, at school, they're not eating when they go home. And that's a real problem that we know about, you know, across the state. So, yeah, um, I think that was when I started to learn that like empathy and and compassion for for my fellow man to say that you know not everyone comes from an equal background or has equal opportunity and that there mm -hmm. are uh institutions kind of built into our society whether they were intentional or not that do keep some people down and um i think that started me on this path of uh of trying to seek justice in in some way for folks yeah. and trying to do what i can do to 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 alleviate those problems mm -hmm. Um, which is why I think I, I gravitated towards journalism. Like it took me years after getting that degree that I realized that, you know, I don't, I don't use that degree. Um, I, I graduated in the, uh, kind of the economic downturn. And so those jobs weren't really available. So mm -hmm. I started doing graphic design because I'd done that on the side, but it took me years to realize that I was drawn to that journalism because one of the core tenets of that is, is justice Yeah, and, uh, and, uh, you know, seeking to improve the community around you. So I'm glad that I have that degree and I can, I can kind of use those uh traits and what yeah. i do now and, and and how i you know get involved in the community but um yeah for a defining moment that that really started me down the path was uh was realizing uh i, I think i think maybe that's i mean might be more sympathetic to seeing seeing kids in this situation mm -hmm. you know it's like it just reminds me of those grade school days where i saw my classmates who were my you know best buds that i had no idea probably did not have the same things i had when i went home yeah you know? yeah yeah that's pretty powerful, man, because you know, your mom pretty much guided you through the situation. I felt like she described it and helped you through it quite 
well. I think so. My, I, yeah. you know, I, I have to give it up to my parents. I feel like I did get the best of both of them. Um, my dad has always been a very kind of magnanimous guy. Um, I remember growing up uh, in Enid, he uh, just kind of had a streak of generosity and, and just mm -hmm. helping people without yeah. that expectation of return. Yeah. Uh, and then my mom is very good at kind of analyzing more of those like social situations to understand um, why things are the way that they are. And so yeah. combining that, I think, with with my dad, I, I don't know. I think, yeah, they imparted kind of the, the best of those qualities. Yeah. That's, and, and if we rewind the clock back back in the day, it was, it was a lot hard. The economic situation for your parents uh, growing up and mm -hmm. trying to provide meals and, and money for you to go to school for your sister i mean it wasn't easy yeah i mean you, you you think about like when i i was born in 88 um which means that was you know the time of the oklahoma oil bust mm -hmm. and yep. there are a lot of families that um due to just the economy got kind of behind the eight ball and, right. and you know my situation is a little different but like i said earlier i graduated into the economic downturn the great recession of, of what 2008 mm -hmm. um that has dictated my career path for a decade of my life. Yeah. Um, even though, I, you know, I like my job and I'm still within the same realm. It, it is yeah. totally different than kind of what I thought I was going to be doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's amazing how, you know, those external forces can can dictate, you know, mm -hmm. like, like life. It, it It's like life is kind of, you, you do your best to prepare, but really life's going to do what it wants to do. And yeah. you just get to like adapt yeah. the best that you can, yeah. you know. Um, and I hope, you know, uh, kind of myself and I hope other people um, realize that and see the places where they can give beyond that yeah. to give back to other people who are in that same kind of life dictates what they do uh, right. situation. Yeah. yeah. I love that, man. How do you enjoy life? Speaking of man, life. Life. <laughs> How do I enjoy life? I, you know, I, I have, I, I have a lot of respect for like nature and animals, um, kind of the wonder and awe that comes with like, you know, like astronomy. I was way into astronomy as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, love going on hikes. You know, I, I, I have a great love for the earth around me. Um, so I, I always enjoy going out and experiencing that. Um, family, friends. Um, I really like being a part of Oklahoma City, uh, just experiencing the things that happen downtown yeah. to, you know, the urban growth to, um, Food is huge. Yeah. Uh, I remember growing up in Norman and thinking like, this is the greatest <laughs> city in Oklahoma uh, to eat. And thankfully, Oklahoma City is, is you know, is that for me now. But yeah, um, yeah man, I, I enjoy a good meal for sure. That's I think that encompasses how I enjoy life and um, Netflix, uh, <laughs> watching Star Trek on Netflix um, or whatever, you name it. Well, we're a Star Trek fan, so yeah, she'd probably yeah. relate. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, foods do you like? Man, so um, I am not picky and I will eat anything and everything. Okay. I love the experience of just trying new stuff yeah. or whatever stuff. Fantastic. Um, my brother and I can go chow on ramen any day. Uh, <laughs> I can always do barbecue, pizza. Um, the concepts in Oklahoma City are so great. Yeah. And then so are the old established yep. places like, you know, like Leo's Barbecue. If you want For some sure. history Ooh, or something, yeah. you can definitely find with you, you know, you can find that contemporary pop kind of kind of food. Uh, and then you can go find that's, you know, those great joints that have been around forever too. Yeah. 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 It's a good city to eat for sure. Yeah. You got these degrees, you're getting married. You've got this really nice job. You're, you're a, you're plugged into the community. And so that comes with 
you know, sometimes it comes with stress and it's not a bad thing. It's just part of it. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, do you have a morning routine or some of your, what are some of your morning habits that actually get you started to yeah, fight the day or win the day? I think that's really important. I think, especially for a person like me, just the way I'm wired, if I am out of a routine for too long, mm -hmm. like it feels more stressful, more haywire, you know? <laughs> um, for me, I think it's always important. I, I like to, I'm, I'm more of a morning person. I like to get up and I like to get going. And that um, can come in the form of like, a, you know, early morning exercise, just mm -hmm. get a walk in. Yeah. Um, always make a pot of coffee. Um, watch the news, you know, get ready with, uh, with some music that's, that, that you curate a little playlist to set the tone of the day, mm -hmm. you know. Um, that's my morning routine is to... Uh, Take it slow, give enough time to get ready, yeah. you know, and uh, and then hit the day when you're ready. Right you on. Know? Does yeah. Meredith have yeah. any uh, morning habits that you... We're, we're pretty similar. A lot of our morning okay. habits are very rooted in like a partnership, I guess, you know. That's awesome. like one of us is making the coffee, yeah. one of us is taking care of the dog. We're going to both go on the walk or whatever, you know. It's a, it's a, it's a democratic process and the dog gets to vote too. So yeah. There's no tiebreakers, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. What are a couple questions that you wish people would ask you, but they never ask Luke? Oh man, now this was a tough one. I I thought about I thought about this one for sure. Um, questions. I guess I would love to be a part of more more conversation about like urbanism, urban planning, placemaking. These things that we're exploring now that kind of building social capital for people to you know be more civically engaged I'd, mm -hmm. I'd love to answer more questions in that realm or be part of that conversation and and kind of like i said earlier facilitate just be a facilitator for someone else to come in and and get involved and see the big picture too and and, and put their mark on the big picture too yeah. you know yeah uh, we don't need a silo of voices to um to dictate where we're going and and i i um was on a museum tour, a gallery tour the other day um, of our exhibit. We've had some different community members come in and offer their perspective. And um, J.D. Baker, who's the uh, special assistant to the mayor, and mm -hmm. uh, Councilwoman Nikki Nice came in and gave their mm -hmm. their perspective. And, and they talked about um, this idea, uh, understanding our population as we grow. Mm -hmm. um, in Oklahoma City, people under the age of 18 make up... Uh, 60% uh, of the people under 18 in Oklahoma City, wow. they are um, non-white. And okay. in the state, 48% is, is non-white. So we have to understand that, you know, the spaces that we live and grow and the policies that we have that, you know, dictate what we do every day, those are going to change. Mm -hmm. And we need to make sure that they change for everyone, uh, not just for like, quote, the right people or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, that's a, that's a concept we got to get rid of. So, um trying to draw it all back draw it all back into a, a <laughs> succinct answer um so yeah the questions yeah i guess i got off on a tangent the questions no, yeah definitely be more about uh i guess my professional opinion and my master's level training about what i yeah. think about things that'd be it'd be fun to be part of that conversation um i love to teach and show people things mm -hmm. I, I, just another way that i'm wired so having the opportunity for someone to ask me questions 
and for me to offer up answers or find solutions for them would yeah super yeah. cool it, i don't know i don't know why but that's just like my jam i enjoy that yeah, yeah. no i i get i get a sense of that so you want people to ask you more in-depth questions not just surface questions they want like hey man ask me how am i going to change the world it took type. me you know it took me a while like i yeah. I, I think my grad studies really opened up that level of kind of academic thinking and analysis of mm -hmm. situations and things yeah and, um, I think now that I'm kind of in it, like it, it intrigues me and I want to learn more and do mm -hmm. more in that kind of, you know, setting and idea and uh, understand things from like beyond a superficial level or yeah. just a, uh, you know, I heard in the news kind of level, like dig deep and understand what this policy is and how it affects people. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it can be as simple as someone passing a bill through through the legislature that's called like the you know, we love puppies act or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, dude, I'm all about that. I love puppies. That's great. Right. But then you, when you read the, the language of the bill, it's actually a little more, uh, you know, it's not so much about loving puppies. It's maybe some other kind of force of policy that, that changes things a little different yeah. than you thought. And so yeah. I, I just want to be aware. I want to be aware and I want to, I want to learn and I want to help other people do the same thing, I guess. Yeah. Man, I, yeah. I love that because my wife and I, we actually do research on, bills are passed what are we voting on why are we voting on it mm -hmm. it's not just okay well like you to your point something about love puppies so it's like well i think we all love puppies yeah all love sounds dogs. great vote for it yeah. yeah but let's dig deep is are we actually harming little puppies first before we get to that yeah the language could be totally different right? the yeah. the you know the means and the end could be totally skewed there or yeah. uh you know it's 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 so complex and then like mm -hmm. like you say you know it's, it's good that you do that research mm -hmm. because it's so hard especially in today, just the way life moves so fast. News cycles are so short. People yeah. don't have a lot of time. Yeah. It's uh, it's easy to miss that. Yeah. And like, I'll admit, like I still do too. There are issues oh, that'll go by and I'm sure. like, oh, whoops, I, you know, goofed on that. Didn't realize that. Didn't research that. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that's honest. And I, it's hard to do research on every stinking thing because there's mm -hmm. so many bills, I, think, I feel like. Oh, yeah. And then like, there's layers. Yeah. Yeah. Of, Bills. <laughs> and if you don't know the right tools too, you know, if you don't know the True. right tools to, uh, to look at those bills and things, mm -hmm. you know, it's hard. Um, the tools are out there. Everything's public information here, but it right. is, it's like, you got to do a little bit of work or you got to know the right tool to find what you're looking for. Yeah. And, you know, not everybody has that luxury. And, right. Um, you know, not a, a lot of people have the luxury of the internet to go to the legislative mm -hmm. website to see what that bill means. They yeah. would instead need to like go down there and look at some paper copies. And that's obviously like, that's a solid you know, point. Cumbersome and time restrictive. You know, it's it's right. access is tough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What are a couple things that people don't know about you? I think I don't think a lot of people know about me growing up. I would characterize myself as having a very eccentric and colorful youth, I guess. I okay. uh I remember, you know, I was in a in a goofy little garage band that uh, played classic <laughs> rock covers out of our detached garage, and we held a concert out there that ended up being like a the, one of the biggest Fourth of July parties ever, yeah. ever, which is a fun story. But uh, yeah, I've 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 been very lucky in that, you know, growing up we didn't have a lot. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, like I realized we had more than others, so I don't want to be like. A sob story because there are people that that you know have less but but still like i i i know that we were we we didn't have a ton when i was a kid but we like made the most out yeah, of it and, and we really you know we really did all that we could to have a lot of fun and and do unique things whether that's you know goofy family road trips or like yeah me being in a in a in a, in a band or whatever um i've 
I, I, I'm not so great at like the instant recall of telling those stories, but I yeah. love getting some friends around and just, you know, like, hey, remember that one time we did this? And it will just spill out into yeah. this entire, you know, uh, chronological order of all the dumb stuff or fun stuff that we've done yeah. as kids. And uh, yeah, that's always a good time. Very, very kind of like nostalgic recall is, is mm -hmm. super fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like that. You talk about access to the internet. Let's say we didn't have access to the internet. Or be two, three people that you would want to talk to on the phone or meet in person. Hmm. Um, so are these fictional people, or do I have to know these people? Are these people that I already know and count on? That's up to you. Oh, okay. Because I like to, I like to get imaginative with these questions. Obviously, you know, my parents are always kind of a go-to. Mm -hmm. um, I think they keep me grounded. My brother, my sister, you know, they're they're. Um, they're very different people in a sense that like, I think my family could give me a well-rounded, you know, um, uh, I can't think of the right word, but if I had a problem, no matter what that problem is, I think mm -hmm. somebody in my family could, could help me find the answer or ground me, mm -hmm. uh, and set things straight so that I can figure it out myself. Um, so I've got a, you know, I got the benefit of that. Um, I think I'm pretty lucky to have that, um. Gosh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lump them into one. They count as one. Uh, family counts as one. Love it. Um, two. The second person that I would talk to. Hmm. I think I'm lucky that I have a lot of people at my work too, mm -hmm. especially my boss, who act as a um, good professional advisors. Um, I think they're very motivated by public service like I am mm -hmm. uh, I, so I, I find a lot of uh, a lot of help and instruction from them that kind of guides me um, a third person or people gosh I don't know we'll get inventive we'll say uh, we'll call up Gandalf or some great you know literature figure mm -hmm. some great uh, yeah. uh, what do you call it fantasy novel person Something, somebody real grandfatherly, okay, and probably magical. You like know, it. yeah. All right, that's what everybody needs a wizard. Very good. <laughs> I like that's it. That's all I got. I'm only, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not great at picking favorites. <laughs> oh man, that, that's cool. Family, your your coworkers, your boss, and then the and a you know a novel. mythical wizard. Yeah, you know? the yeah. wizard, of course. Man, I like that dude. <laughs> what a, we all have pet peeves, man. What really ticks you off? Um, you know, somebody on Twitter. Uh, which is odd how much this has like become my world. Um, <laughs> man, what a 2019 thing. Uh, somebody called this 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 social thing, uh, they called it performative disinterest. And for some reason that really clicked with me. Um, performative disinterest as I take it is someone who is not interested in a subject so much that they have to tell everybody about it in a demeaning way. So like if you're like, man, Game of Thrones is back on. Their response would be, Game of Thrones? Never heard of it. It's so dumb. And mm. you're like, okay, let me like the things I like. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's annoying, but but it took me like to, it, it led me to another thing. I think people who are um, display this performative arrogance, mm -hmm. it it really drives me crazy. It's like someone decides to wake up every day and says, I'm going to be a jerk. Mm. and I'm going to do so at the cost of other people, yeah. and that's going to make me happy. 
And it's just, mm -hmm. it's so selfish. And I think it's so, you know, degrading and, and, and hurts people. Um, it's not, not constructive, not, not, you know, it yeah. doesn't help anybody out. Uh, right. so, so that, that form of, uh, obviously, you know, in, in ignorance, um, anyone who wants to discriminate, uh, you know, that drives me crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it really kind of boils my blood when people are taken advantage of just because of the situation that they're in. And so um, I try to, you know, implement it in my mission that I, that I want to be uh, someone who either speaks up when that happens mm -hmm. or, um, you know, provides them an outlet to, to not be in that situation anymore. Um, obviously, you know, I'd, I'd love to change the thoughts of, of people who discriminate. That's kind yeah. of the, the bigger goal, but like, I don't know. It's a pretty tough challenge, so I, I, I guess I'd try to be the best ally I could, you know, while yeah. I'm doing that. But. Well, I think you're doing a great job, man. I, I met you in person, obviously, for the first time a few months ago, and I followed you on Twitter. Your your tweets, they're they're positive. You're just plugged in, and it's I've never really seen anything negative out there from you. So hmm. uh, th th <laughs> there might be times you're frustrated, but that's okay. We all get frustrated, but I don't really see you airing a lot of your frustration to the world. I try to think of myself as I don't know, I don't I don't like the term like brand or product because that's I, that's not what I'm trying to say, but that's what like pops into mind. Mm -hmm. I feel like again, Twitter 2019 whatever. <laughs> um, I, I feel like I want to I want to use this platform that's been given to us, which yep. is, you know, anybody can sign up and have a Twitter and have a voice, you know, blast it <laughs> yeah. into the the whole giant you know, World Wide Web. I feel like I want to try to do better with that, mm -hmm. and um, definitely that's my opportunity. When I when I feel like I'm not being heard or I don't know who to talk to, at least I'm able to like write out the characters and yep. hit send, and then like mm -hmm. it's on a giant message board and people have to see it or something. Yeah. So I figure if I'm going to do that, I might as well do a good job and say the right thing and and be more constructive and helpful and yeah. uh, at least express the the things that I'm into, whether that's you know, uh, urban planning to, yeah. um, you know, uh, we had a, uh, we had a problem, uh, gosh, that was back over the holidays with, uh, with, with racism in Oklahoma city. And that kind of hit a big, mm. um, hit a big ripple among a lot of people and a lot of, uh, you know, media picked it up and, um, you know, why not use that platform for good if yeah. I can, you know, or like talking about crunchy peanut butter, you know, I, I participated in the great peanut butter debate of Oklahoma City a couple months back. Yeah. It's, it's funny mm -hmm. how much it kind of sets up this little like meta game. It's this, it's this sub conversation that mm -hmm. everyone in our region kind of metro area can have and relate to. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, It's fun. It's goofy. Yeah. It is what it is. Well, I use Twitter. I, I like to plug in as far as intercept people's uh, or inject my own self into conversations. That's how I actually <laughs> oh, yeah, no, got yeah. into the conversation with yeah. you, mm -hmm. you know, and you were on a podcast. And I was like, I'm going to talk to him. Cause, and then I read your bio. I was like, this guy's legit. Let's try to get him on the podcast. <laughs> and you took time out of your morning to do it. And I definitely appreciate that. No, for it was sure, fun. Man. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, I had a great time. Yeah, man. When was the last time you challenged yourself with doing something you've never done before? And what was the outcome of that? Hmm. I want to say, I, I think the best example that I can kind of think of right now is um, about probably two, three years ago, I decided to start channeling my volunteer service into like board service, mm. a volunteer for boards, which is different for me because I've been 
uh, you know, several years ago, especially all grown up, like I think I had a really hard time connecting to people in terms of, uh, of talking yeah. is, you know, shyness, self-confidence kind of stuff. Um, so I usually hung back in the shadows and would be, I'd sign up for a, you know, like a shift at, at, at some, you know, like the, uh, like the food bank or something, you know, I'd, I'd sign up for a shift where like, That's I'm still awesome. kind of anonymous and get to do my good, but like, yeah. you know, kind of best of both worlds for me is that I don't have to really have my face out there and be engaged, but I still get to do good work. Yeah. Um, a few years ago, I switched that into board service and I joined a board, which was more, um, definitely more social. And instead of being like a short term uh, obligation, it morphed into a long term one, mm -hmm. you know, do some more like kind of strategic planning level um, volunteering too. Um, and I ended up loving it. And, and I've since been on, you know, I, I was on the board for Sunbeam Family Services, their, their young professionals board. Um, helping raise money and awareness of the uh, for the organization and for kids, uh, foster kids and their programs there. Um, I'm on um, the Oklahoma Mural Syndicate, which is a great uh, group that's bringing awareness to the value of public art across Oklahoma. Yeah. And and we help manage the we manage the Plaza Walls project in, mm -hmm. in Plaza District. Um, and uh, you know, just trying to trying to be more involved in in that sense. Um, has been has been very different for me, and it's kind of uh, at a time sometimes been been a struggle um, yeah. to apply my energy, my personality, my actual face being out somewhere. You know, it's, it's different uh, when you're not practiced at it, and mm -hmm. so um, that was a way that I had challenged myself. And then I, I think also kind of the grad school, swinging back into grad school, yeah. um, that along with like work and my and my extracurricular activity is is it's a it's just a lot of time. Yeah. And, and so I think challenging myself to uh, stay on target and uh, not give up uh, has been, you know, kind of my MO for the past two years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Man, Luke, that's interesting. Because you, you talk about you didn't want to use the word branding. However, let's just talk about you. You work at Oklahoma Contemporary. So you're actually representing Oklahoma Contemporary, mm -hmm. wherever you yeah. go, right. doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Right, mm -hmm. out of the office, at home, and you're challenging yourself to get on these boards or or the local food banks. And through doing that, I'm certain that conversations arise. They probably like, hey, where do you work? Oklahoma Contemporary. They're like, oh, this guy's doing this, this, and that, and he works here. So in a sense, I mean, you you're representing quite well, dude. Well, thank you. I mean, that's that's you know, I do. I had to. I think that's something else my mom taught me too. Is is you know everybody. You should do your job, do your, you know, however you interact with the community, yeah. do it like somebody's watching, like yeah. your boss is watching, like your grandma's watching, you know? Love it, man. Um, so um, it is. And, you know, maybe this is maybe a millennial thing. I'm not sure. It's like um, <laughs> we are our jobs, kind of. Mm -hmm. You know, my generation, I think, is very attached to the work that we do mm -hmm. as a reflection of who we are. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's, you know, definitely true for me. Like, I, I feel like, I, I used to work in the private sector and then I, I just couldn't do it because I, I wanted to serve the public and I wanted yeah. to have that feeling of not working for a bottom dollar, but rather working for, um, you know, a social good or yeah. something. Yeah. And so, um, so I had to make that switch and, you know, I think, I think I've, yeah, I've always had to been kind of cognizant of the fact that like people will recognize me from my, um, like community service work yeah. or, or from my job or something. And so, yeah, I, 
I, I feel like not that it's like a stressful thing that I've got to be on all the time. Like mm-hmm. I've got to be like, like put on this mask and be the, the Luke for the community all the time. Right, right. Thankfully, I feel like that's me. Yeah. And it's taken me a while right. to like realize that and, and understand that as a person, you know, like that whole finding yourself sort of thing. Like it's a, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's something that you do for the, you know, your whole life learning and growing and understanding. And so, yeah, I always try to, you know, put that best foot forward and, and, and present myself as if I'm, you know, the boss is watching, grandma's watching, yeah. something like that. And, yep. and even like you say, maybe I'm trying to do that on Twitter too. You know, I try to, I try to be an authentic me, but also a, a you know, a me that will get involved in the community, mm-hmm. uh, get others involved in the community. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully my message will inspire someone else to reach out. How can I get involved? Or, yeah. you know, I want to be, a, I want to hook people up on that. Like I've had some friends who um, they want to get involved with a nonprofit or whether that's, you know, donating money to the right cause yep. or, or even donating their time, you know, their, their manpower kind of thing. Um, I want to be that facilitator. You know, I want to, I want to hook people up yeah. with the outlet that they will feel yeah. uh, most productive. And, you know, I, I want people to feel like they're plugged in, doing mm-hmm. good, making their mark. Like I, I want to help facilitate that for sure. Yeah. Speaking of making your mark, man, how else do you contribute to society? Hmm. You know, I think I, uh, definitely my primary mission of, uh, trying to be a facilitator, you know, helping people get where they want to be, um, helping put my mark on the community and and hopefully transitioning, um, you know, kind of how we do things into how things should be done in a, you know, in a way of, you know, giving new people a voice and, um, flipping, policy to better help people and you know stuff like that um that's definitely my main mission i think that's how i I most contribute but Mm -hmm. um hopefully i'm a good role model for somebody you know i always um have in the back of my mind that maybe my little brother wants to not emulate me Mm because like he's going to do his own thing and you know we're two different people that's totally fine but like i always want to be somebody that like he'll be proud of you know for sure um i definitely have people throughout my life that i want to like not perform for but but you know they're they're um the, the 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 opinion they have of me in their mind is is very important yeah. to me you know it's kind of a i guess a reputation thing maybe that kind of drives me but yeah I, I want people to uh to to think well of me and be proud of me and so my work i want to reflect that to empower them too yeah so yeah i like that i man. guess that's how i and you know hopefully i'm a good dog dad yeah. you know i hope i got that good you know, going for me and i don't know hopefully i'm a top 10 follow on the oklahoma city twitter scene i guess you know <laughs> No, nah, just kidding. <laughs> you are a good dog dad. You were playing with our dogs, and they seem to like you. So, man, I love dogs. Yeah, dogs man. are people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm with you, man. <laughs> if you had to go back to your younger self, what's one thing you would tell your younger self? Oh man, besides lottery numbers, obviously. <laughs> um, I think I would tell myself. <laughs> I think I would tell myself to. Um, not be afraid of, of getting invested in the community and finding that niche. You know, a lot of yeah. times when I was a kid, I felt like I didn't have control over what was happening in my life. And I mean, you know, there's always a degree that everybody will have that. You For know, sure. life will do what it wants to do. But um, I think I would tell myself to take more risks in, in, in getting involved and, and being a part of the scene uh, that helps people, that helps the community grow, that... Um, you know, that would be more where my calling is and not to spend, not, you know, not that I like, uh, like, not that I have regrets or that I wasted time, but, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think like, 
you know, that would have been a, a good direction for me to go and focus on and not have to be afraid of the what ifs so yeah. much in that area. Yeah. You know, I think that's what I tell myself. Wow. Yeah. On that note, if you had to go back and change one outcome, hmm. what would that be? I, uh, the, I think that's a little tough for me. I'm not, you know, I'm not that like Mr. Zen who is like, live your life with no regret. Yeah. Um, even though I do feel like I've, I've been fortunate enough to have like the emotional strength to move past things that don't work mm -hmm. out for me. Um, I, I, I feel like it's a, a strength of mine that, that bad things can happen mm -hmm. and that like, sure, I might, you know, wallow in depression for a little bit, but ultimately like there's a reason that something either not, there's a reason for something to happen, but there's, but there's something to glean from it. You know, yeah. um, there crappy things happen sometimes and and yep. instead of being stuck there yep. there's always a positive lesson to grow and move on from it um sometimes it takes a while to find it you know and, and i've definitely been in situations like that but um i honestly can't think of a time where i would want to change that's fair an outcome i think i think even if it didn't work out for me that down the road it taught me something that would benefit me later mm -hmm. you know that i could apply that lesson somewhere else and not make the same mistake twice i hope Man, I love it. <laughs> Earlier you talked about the wizard and novels and so if you look back or anything about your current season of your life, like you're doing right now, how you enjoy it, what book or maybe even a movie represents how you're living now? Gosh, um I guess I would pick any movie where the main character is having like Hopefully, like a come up moment is is working hard, and the and the hard work's going to pay off. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm excited for that day. I know the work never ends, but I, I feel like I've and obviously, you know, take this with like I I nobody owes me anything, you right. know, right? But uh, but I have been proud of the work that I've been doing for so long, and I feel like I'm turning a, a corner to do something new or experience something big, and and so I would choose uh, yeah some book or movie where that. Uh, that's happened to that main character, you know, things are about to, to get big or something, yeah. you know, that'd be cool. But um, gosh, I can't think of a specific book or movie. Um, if I had to apply it to Lord of the Rings and Gandalf, <laughs> man, I guess stick me in the easy part. You know, that whole book, yeah. they're, they're walking and fighting orcs and it's horrible. So uh, leave me at the party at the very beginning. Okay. That'd be, that'd be good. <laughs> All right, man. I like it. You talk about being proud of your work. What what are you most proud of? Hmm. Most proud in my work. I you know, sometimes I do get down on myself and I feel like uh that my work is not that important. Like if I really take what I do, 100% of what I do mm. out of the great machine that it contributes to. Yeah. Sometimes I don't think it's very much. And, and I, I do go through periods of time where it's like, um, you know, some days I'll be like, oh, I designed a flyer. Who cares? You know, um, but I have to look at that in the bigger picture. I have to understand that the small things that I do here and there do contribute to a bigger piece. Yeah. And then the bigger things that I do kind of cap those off and kind of, you know, um, work alongside the the overall goal. So. I think for me, and again, it's just the way I'm wired. I think I need to stay in that big picture where I'm seeing more of the change long-term than that day-to-day. Because -day. sometimes yeah. you get you know, bogged down in the day-to-day. -day. Yep. Stuff happens slow. It takes a long time to do anything. And if you mm -hmm. 
for me especially, I have to remember this. This is definitely advice that I'm giving myself right now when I listen to the podcast when it comes yeah. out. Um, is that I, I, I can't get stuck in that day to day. I have to think of that bigger effect that I want to have, that bigger impact, and how do I achieve it? Um, I'm proud of the the things that I've stood up against. Um, whenever, you know, like I mentioned that thing earlier, you know, that, that dealing with the racism in Oklahoma yeah. City, the, the group, the yep. white nationalist group, like that was, um, after I did that, I was like, honestly, like petrified. Um, there were a lot of people who kind of came out of the woodwork to not only just say hateful things about me, but then start like hinting that they were going to like harm me in real life. Mm. Like they, you know, telling me like they knew where I lived and knew where I worked and they would come find me and stuff. And when you first experience that, when you, I think, I think sometimes when you're standing up for people who, you know, need that backup, yeah. that there are sometimes people who will lash out in the opposite direction. Right. And the first time you experience that, like it's pretty terrifying to know yeah. that there's a, a whole lot of people out there who would do physical harm to protect this odd discriminatory idea that they've got. Yeah. And so the first time I did it, yeah, I was super scared, but then, you know, it took time to kind of come out of that fear. Um, and I'm proud of, of, of that and the things that I do, um, along those lines, I'm proud of the, the volunteer time that I give. Yep. Um, you know, I don't, I, 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 I don't have like all of the means in the world to be, a great financial asset for somebody, but like I do give where I can, whether that's time or financial mm -hmm. resources or, or goods, you know, yeah. donate coats to a coat drive kind of thing. And yeah. Um, yeah, I am proud of myself for those things that I do. Um, in the long run, it, it, it gives me value. Um, but seeing someone else have, uh, you know, a hardship alleviated because of my work, like that's the ultimate feel good for me. Like that's, that's what I'm here for. Kind yeah. Of thing. So, so yeah, you know, I guess that's kind of where I, where I get my energy and my pride or, yeah. you know, no, I love that, man. I think it's true. You do bring a lot of value to everyone. I feel like you come in contact with total strangers, me being <laughs> a total stranger to you the first time I met you. Right. And then after that, we've had lunch a couple of times and text each other, you know? So I, I think, I feel like you do bring a really great vibe to the community. Thank you. Yeah. And you, you talk about sometimes being down. And for me, I look at, well, okay, it's okay. And I give myself permission to feel down, but it's not okay to stay that way. And yeah. I know that. Yeah. So what do I have to do to get myself out of that? And sometimes you're going to, you're probably going to lean on, on your fiance or oh, yeah, your soon to be sure. wife to yeah. get out of that rut or your boss, your friends, friends family, family, you know, everybody, yeah. they're all there for that. And that's, and yeah. that's for sure. You know, it took me a long time to talk about and and even i think i think society around us took a long time to talk about like mental wellness yeah um yeah i think you know i, I was talking earlier about like i've inherited the best best of my you know my parents yeah um, i look like my dad all of the men in our family we look just alike but i definitely have my mom's kind of like personality drive brain those yeah. kind of things but with that territory comes this kind of like super awareness of i don't i don't know the right way to put it other than you know, really, it's it's um, our side of the family has uh, kind of depression and anxiety uh, mm. um, problems, and so it took me years to do, uh, you know, to go through those those bouts of of you know peaks and valleys, and and not understanding like why don't I want to do anything today? Why do I feel so horrible at this thing? And mm -hmm. you know, why am I mean to myself today versus why am I nice to myself in other times? And so, yeah. 
it took me a long time to kind of think about that and apply that to my to my life and um we uh i don't know um, you know so i i do have to lean on people around me to to get things done but i think now that i'm open with that and understanding mm-hmm. of that um i think i'm more effective at what i do and realizing that like you said you know i'm down today but i need to get back up mm-hmm. i think finally being at comfort you know finding comfort with that yeah. and, and being at peace with it and understanding it um has helped me to even even with something that that isolates you so much as depression does i have found community wow um I have finally understood that there are other people who experience this, who have been afraid to talk about this, mm-hmm. or people who aren't, and they they have solutions for me. Yeah. Um, I read this interesting quote that I'm going to butcher here, but it's basically that community cannot uh, take an external form until it takes form inside of yourself. Ooh. And so it took for me to finally be at peace with myself to understand how I contributed to community and how I can shape community. Mm-hmm. To people who are similar, you know, come yeah. from either similar backgrounds or suffer from some similar problems or have similar goals. Yeah. Um, that community can be influenced positively or negatively from what you understand inside of yourself. Right. Too. So, yeah. That's powerful, yeah. man. That's deep. No, it really <laughs> is. It, it's, it's not easy to come sit in that chair and talk about that type of stuff, man. I wouldn't think. You know, it honestly, it takes practice. I mean, I, I don't think I would have talked about this even two, three years ago, wow. which isn't that much time, honestly. Yeah. Um, and there's still plenty that I got to learn and figure out in that realm too. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah, understanding things and and making that effort yep. to understand yourself. Um, I know it's true for me and then probably a lot of folks out there that sometimes you feel like you're wrong and you need to either conform or change or do something different to, to be something different in somebody's eyes. Um, so no, it, it takes, it takes practice to accept yourself, which Mm -hmm. I think allows you to accept others and and find, you know, find solutions to the problem, find your way in the community and, you know, yeah. Other people. Yeah. What's the path forward for Luke? Man. So I, you know, I, I, I'll graduate, uh, from grad school in a year. I've just been doing the low and slow just because I'm working and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, once that's done, I don't see myself pursuing a PhD, even though I think someday I really would love that. Yeah. I think the next step is, is just applying that knowledge. Yeah. Um, I'll have a lot more free time, which is a huge <laughs> plus. Take that time, take this knowledge. Um, I'm, I'm finding myself more engaged and, um, and able to uh, talk to people who are in places like City Hall or, uh, you know, work for the city. It's awesome, man. Um, different nonprofit leaders. Just to lend my time, money, services, brain, whatever, mm-hmm. um, to that overall um, quality of life shift in yeah. Oklahoma City. You know, I want to I wanna be a part of that that movement that builds a better pe- a city for all people yeah. and, um, you know... Uh, creates a better future for not just like our kids and our grandkids, even though, you know, that's great. We want to do that too, but like for ourselves too, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a lot that we can do to change that are, you know, change our cities that will work for us better. And absolutely know, health, wellness, transportation, yeah. socially. I mean, you can, you can name a hundred issues that, that yeah. we're, we're changing how we do things yeah. at a city level in Oklahoma city. You know, we kind of touched on this as like, um, 
this it's this huge renaissance you know like when we had lunch we that's all we've talked about was like really this huge yeah. change that we're getting to be a part of yep. and um that's so much fun and to help lead the conversation or facilitate uh, facilitate for other people to get in that conversation and yeah, that's great and i yeah. love it and i i really do love the city we live uh, live in and um i have been uh you know i have been one of those people that when i was in school as a kid you know people say what are you going to do i'm like well leave oklahoma obviously yeah <laughs> um but that that's totally not happened for me like i worked in salt lake for a little bit on a contract doing design and i love salt lake totally mm -hmm. a cool city um beautiful city but coming home just just felt so natural for yeah. me and yeah i'm glad to be here and that's so i think that's my next is you know how do i how do i just keep you know getting in there and getting my hands dirty yeah. and seeing the results i guess i love that man yeah yeah how do you want to be remembered i think i want to be remembered as the person who was 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 there to to lend a hand you know i want to i i want to it's a I, I don't know i don't know if it's like selfish to like dictate the legacy i want or whatever but uh I, yeah i'd like for people to remember me as someone who was there to help um was a was a good friend and a you know a kind soul to the community and i i know i can obviously grow as a person to be better and and you know that's a lifelong you know i mean that's what life's about you know always yep. learning and growing and so i hope that i through that process will will leave a big enough of a, of a fingerprint or whatever you want to call it um that legacy of of change for good um and, and just helping people out you know yeah I want to be, uh, and, you know, it's kind of a, a little bit of it is um, my grandfather was an Enid. Um, uh, everybody, you know, liked him and remembered him and he was a, a big deal. Um, I remember being a kid, he uh, got cancer when I was 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. And it didn't make a lot of sense to me at the time because um, I was being so young and, and processing kind of my first family member to get like a long-term illness, yeah. or, you know, a fatal illness. So we went to a lot of award ceremonies for him um, wow. where he was recognized for his lifelong work in the community. And, it, you know, it, it, yeah, it didn't super hit on me uh, until later when I saw the impact from like little kids to, to old folks. You know, yeah. he had an impact on their life and, and they recognized him for yeah. that. And so, um, again, I don't want awards to like motivate me for the things I do, but I would hope that you know, maybe someday when I'm his age or, or facing a similar situation that I can look back and, and see all of the lives that I've impacted yeah. or, or helped and, yeah. and things that I've done. Um, yeah, I think it would be a, a nice bow on, you know, this life or whatever to tie yeah, it man. off at the end to, to see that impact. You know, it's like... Um, I don't know. I'm full of dumb metaphors, but it'd be like cooking a big meal and yeah. then stepping back and being like, look at everything I made. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, it'd be just like that. Yeah. If I could just take a step back and just see it all one last time, that'd be cool. That's awesome, man. <laughs> How do people get in touch with you? Um, I got to remember my Twitter handle because I changed it recently. It is at uh, Luke OKC. Um, you can always follow me on Twitter and chat me up there. You know, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Um, What's your Instagram handle? Oh, it is. It is either I am Luke A. Yeah. I think it is I am I and then the letter M, like I'm Luke A. If you I need to pull out your one. cell phone, you can pull your cell I, phone out. I, I turned okay. it off. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's one of those two. I forget. One of the other was taken. And Luke OKC is taken yeah. on Instagram. So I check that every now and then to see when that opens up. Uh, but now social media is obviously a great way to get a hold of me. And it's 
it's funny slash dumb. I, I'm not exaggerating and like, I think the number is 12. The last 12 people I've met have said, oh, you're that guy from Twitter. Or like, oh, I follow you on Twitter. I'm yeah. like, okay, well, I hope I didn't like get a weird first impression. <laughs> I hope I said something you liked. Um, I think the funniest story that I've got about that is uh, the first time I met Mayor Holt, uh, he shook my hand. You know, we were shaking hands and, he was, and I was like, oh, Luke Atkins. He's like, oh, you're the guy with the Twitter account. Yeah. I was like, oh, great. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, but yeah, no, obviously social media is great. Uh, you can mm-hmm. hit me up at Oklahoma Contemporary. Um, my email's on our website. Uh, but yeah, those, or, or just come see, come, come yeah. to the exhibition, um, come visit the fairgrounds or f- see me in the new building and, you know, I'll give you the tour or whatever. Yeah. I guess. Well, yeah. I'll yeah. definitely come check that yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. Can people donate to the Oklahoma Contemporary? Yeah, you know, we're going to have um, a public phase of our capital campaign cool. to help open the new building. Um, so that'll be a great time for people to get involved. Um, mm-hmm. But if you don't want to wait, you can uh, you can give through our website. Um, there, I think there's a price breakdown of like what you can give and okay. how it will help. Like yeah. give $5 and that will translate into art supplies for one awesome. camp or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, there's always opportunities. Uh, we also need... Uh, people who want to help, um, you know, uh, manage like art making activities. Mm-hmm. Um, I organize uh, some activities across the community during like uh, live on the plaza or yeah. uh, first Fridays at Paseo. Um, we're going to be at Garden Fest coming up May 11th. Um, activities and, and events like That's that, awesome. festivals yeah. and things. So uh, people get get in touch with me, and we need people to help talk about the new building or talk about the organization or even do things like help cut out pictures of magazines so that kids can create buttons in our button making yeah. machine or something like you know so that's cool so yeah there's lots of ways to get involved yeah for sure right on man last two questions for you is kyler murray going number one you're a big ou fan Ooh, yeah 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 yeah. Um, i'm gonna say yes and yes for sure boomer, yes, boomer sooner. sooner go ou <laughs> um yeah i want to see kyler go first yeah for sure all right last question man do you approve this podcast I approve of this podcast. All right. Of I course. like it. My name is Wong Lin and I approve this podcast. Nice. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, man. for sure. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's fun. That's so much fun. I truly hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have a defining moment or moments you would like to share, please reach out to me. I would love to visit with you about it and share it with the world on a podcast. Here's how to find me. Visit my website, www.definingmomentspod.com. Follow me on Twitter at DefMomentsPod. That's at D-E-F Moments Pod. Search me on Facebook, Defining Moments Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Defining Moments Podcast. That's all one word, at Defining Moments Podcast. Subscribe to Defining Moments Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed listening to this show, I would be extremely honored if you gave us a review. This helps boost this podcast so more people can find it. Go out and be a positive influence today, every day. Make someone smile. My name is Wong Lam, and I approve this podcast.